We'll get right into it then. How about it? Wait, you're not going to introduce well, us? Yeah, I was going to say. No, we're just jumping straight into the subject. Wait. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I like your vest, Rachel. Thank you. Um, I think Nine Nine made it. Oh. She there. made it? Wow. Yeah. Dang. I think the camera's too far for people to see, but that's... Mm. Let me just... Some level of... Just jump down there and show there's the crocheting. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of holes in it. I've been, like, patching them up. There were a lot in the back. Oh, but... you you keep this. You what? wear... Like, you bring it with you? Um, I That was my intention. So I had it with me last semester, but I never... Cool. Thank you both for joining me today. I know Rachel is a little stressed right now because she's baking for thanksgiving tonight so happy thanksgiving everyone welcome back to another episode of the rooftop pod today i am joined here by my sister rachel my brother andrew and my name is jesse um and today we're going to be talking about religion um just a little bit of background we were all raised in a christian home um so we all grew up going to church basically every sunday and then on top of that we also went to church on fridays sometimes wednesdays yeah Sometimes Mondays, holidays, you Saturdays, name it. Thursdays, we <laughs> We lived at the church. No, so church was sometimes a really... Sometimes we did live at the church. Sometimes we, <laughs> sometimes did. we did. These are um, points. Yeah, so the church was a really integral part of our growing up. And I kind of wanted to, to dissect kind of our journey through religion, especially since all three of us are kind of in different places now with religion. And even though it's played a big part in our life now, um, I would say our relationship with religion has changed quite significantly mm -hmm. through the years. So yeah, I wanted to get into each of your own perspectives about religion and then I'll talk a little bit about mine and kind of where you see or how you see religion playing a role in your life moving forward. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then we'll go, we'll first start with a little bit of the background of um, mm -hmm. how religion is a part of our life because obviously our parents are immigrants. Mm -hmm. They didn't. They weren't born into a Christian family. Mm -hmm. They came to America and found religion and found Christianity here. And I think the beginnings of how religion entered our family is pretty interesting. Well, actually, no. Dad found religion in China. He yeah, like so he was. He was introduced intru to the idea yeah, yeah. of of Christianity in in China, but I wouldn't say he became a follower Christian, or yeah. became a Christian until um, until he came to the U.S. And there's I think there's kind of a reason for that. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, so to get into that a little bit, Dad moved to China in 94 Definitely or moved to the U.S. Sorry, yeah. moved to the U.S. from China in 94. Mm -hmm. He uh, came here for a math PhD and almost immediately upon coming to the U.S., he was introduced to a Chinese family from the Cincinnati Chinese Church. And the family that introduced him to the church, were, they were very kind. And they offered him something that I don't think he could have found on his own. And that was a community of mm -hmm. other Chinese immigrants that mm -hmm. came to the U.S. with him. And dad had already, like you said, been introduced to the idea of Christianity yeah. before while he was in China. And back then he kind of shunned it and didn't believe that it was for him. So how dad explained it to me was, so dad was a big literature buff. Like he really loved reading. He liked reading the classics, so like Shakespeare. All that that's why like in our basement we have a little library that my dad kind of built and all mm -hmm. of it has like classics that he's read to him the bible was just another piece of literature because there's a lot of biblical references and a lot of like mm. very famous um like works of literature so yeah he was like oh i'll read it for that context and that's how he saw it as until he found the church i think 
Yeah. So it wasn't like a religion to him. It was just literature. Because he was planning on moving to the U.S. Christianity to him back then was a way for him to learn about Western civilization. Mm. So he read the Bible. He understood it. I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. But he didn't actually feel like he wanted to be join the church or become part of the community because that community is kind of non-existent yeah. in, in, in China. I right? think also like it was a piece of fiction. Like it wasn't mm, a historical He read it as like a storybook. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's, I feel like even us growing up reading the Bible was a Just like pretty, bedtime stories. yeah, it was like a pr- pretty fascinating storybook because a lot of the stories mm-hmm. there are very fantastical and mm-hmm. um, although all the reasons the stories were in there were to teach some sort of moral lesson. Mm. As a kid, you kind of take it as a story rather than as something that you truly believe occurred mm-hmm. on this earth. Really? I thought as a kid, all these things truly occurred Oh, on earth. I think I was always kind of skeptical oh, wow. about the reality of this. And that's, that's kind of what I struggled with a lot growing up was mm-hmm. the skepticism of mm-hmm. how can I how can I align all these stories in the Bible with what I learn in school between science and like history and like dinosaurs and fossils like where does everything fit in yeah. to the order of events yeah and what, that's kind of what I wait when did you have this thought I'm trying to I, see if I I was my brain developed at the same it was as kind yours. of like a persistent thought I think I yeah, think because as soon as I learned about dinosaurs I was like there's no dinosaurs in the Bible, Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. Oh, how does this crazy. fit into the whole biblical yeah. like progression of things I remember first or second grade one of those two yeah early elementary school somebody in art class we were just talking about religion uh-huh. and the story of the creation of the earth mm-hmm. came up in conversation somehow I don't know Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I was first introduced to the idea of evolution. Mm. But being brought up in a very Christian household, yes. I was debating yeah. with her. I'm just like, what, yeah. what is this evolution that you speak <laughs> yeah. of? I'm like, Adam, and, what is Adam and Eve were the first two humans created. Yeah. And I yeah. distinctly remember, yeah, first, second grade, coming home, telling this to mom and dad. And I'm just like, oh, this person introduced me this to this person idea. believes in evolution how <laughs> stupid uh, yeah, yeah. i had a lot of those kind of debates in college because because i oh, i remained a yeah. christian through sophomore mm. year of college or i stayed religious and stayed involved in the community until sophomore year of college and i had a lot of these debates with my non-christian um mm. roommates right. in fact those were very difficult conversations because I had to come to face with a lot of the skepticism that I had myself and that kind of forced me to reevaluate what I really believed in and what the church really provided for me Mm -hmm. and I want to take this back to our parents Parents, again because what did religion provide provide for our parents when they first Mm -hmm. came to the U.S.? So much. So much. So much. Like, they 100% would not be the parents that they are today. Like, genuinely, like, I don't even know if they would be together. Um, if it weren't for Christianity, mm. they 100% would not be, like, the loving, caring parents that they are today. Mm. Like, we talked about how dad had severe anger issues um, early on <laughs> in the U.S. And I think, like, religion has played such a big part in him mellowing out and, like, adopting mm. different styles of parenting. Mm. And just, like, in terms of being parenting, they really try to reflect, you know, what's taught in the Bible in terms of reflecting God's love. And, yeah. like, treating everything as a gift. Like, yeah. The, the the last three of us not planned right they call us god's gifts which is you a were, lovely way you were planned i was not planned mom wanted a girl no she didn't it was just you two 
you two are the only ones that are playing. Oh, okay. I've I didn't know that. I know that. Really? I've been growing up saying. I thought you were playing. <laughs> yeah. Planned. I thought my mom always no. wanted a girl, so they went for a third. No, I was unplanned. Yeah. Mm, God's gift. Interesting. Yeah. God's plan. Yeah. God's <laughs> we're we're yeah. God's. Pl- no, you're God's plan. Yeah, you guys were mom and dad's Mom's, plan. Mom and dad's <laughs> plan. Um, yeah, so to me, how I see it or how I interpret it now is that as an Asian American coming to the U.S., you're in a completely different social and cultural context. Nothing feels familiar. Nothing feels like home anymore. Mm-hmm. And you are thirsty for that sense of familiarity and that sense of home when you come here. That's like a natural human desire, right? Mm-hmm. And I think when mom and dad came here, they immediately gravitated towards the church because it was a community filled with other immigrants, Asian American immigrants from China. Same exact story. A lot of them came here for school and they all had this desire for a sense of belonging. And the church provided that for them. Yeah. And on top of that, not only did they have a sense of community, they had a sense of higher purpose together mm-hmm, as well mm-hmm. through, through religion. Yeah. And that sort of human bond is one of the strongest bonds that you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was especially important for mom coming to the U.S. because she really gave up everything, her career, her family, um, anything that she had to live for in China she gave up to be here with dad. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this with the previous podcast. And I know for a fact that mom was severely lonely, severely depressed. And the opportunity that the church presented to her, I would say saved her life. For no, sure. I would agree. Yeah. I think like on top of purpose and community and the human bond, it's like it also gives hope and like comfort. Because um, even now, like mom places or even like even more so now mom places a lot of um like her source of comfort and reassurance from jesus christ yeah (laughs) um and like that's how she tries to comfort us too like when we go to her for help she'll always bring up like oh talk to jesus like um yeah yeah no that was the same thing for me too i think growing up uh whenever i was going through some sort of stressful period and i think the way i grew up with religion was i use the sense of comfort of religion, use the comfort that religion provided as a way to cope with stress and anxiety. Mm. I don't know if you guys when did this. When in doubt, pray. <laughs> exactly. When in doubt, pray. It was almost therapeutic. It was a right. really good mental defense mechanism for me whenever I encountered a stressful situation. Right. So I remember like taking like the SAT or taking the ACT the night before, I would be stressed mm. out of my mind because this was like one thing that would determine like a very big part of my life moving forward mm-hmm. um, being super stressed not being able to sleep and the only thing that provided me sense a sense of comfort back then was to pray to God and be like hey this is in your hands now this mm-hmm. is not something that I can take care of I've mm-hmm. done the work to study not really but, <laughs> <laughs> but I put in some effort and at this point there's nothing else I can do to change the outcome of what happens tomorrow right. like I'm gonna leave this in your hands and then once I knew that it wasn't in my hands anymore I, I was much more at peace and I was much more um, able right. to to tackle the task at hand. When you're able to deflect, or maybe not deflect, mm-hmm. but like assign like this higher being that has your best intentions, it's very easy to go through the world, just period. It, anything that happens, you can, even if it's bad, if 
you truly believe that there's a higher being that is guiding your path towards the best mm -hmm. possible outcome that's such a mental ease and like mm -hmm. weight lifted mm -hmm. off your shoulder mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and i think that is especially true with how mom and dad live their life now yeah mm -hmm. yeah and they live i mean religion is really great i think it's it brings people together it offers people mm -hmm. something to hold on to at their lowest moments and i think even now if i ever sometimes reach like rock bottom in my like depression or sadness i will sometimes reach out to god and be like oh, hey yeah. like if you're there like just tell me and show me <laughs> yeah. that i Whenever have I something else. super sick i pray <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jesus christ oh, yeah. every, time, from this pain. <laughs> every time we have like a blackout oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> you feel like, like god, god take sorry. me out of this i'm misery. so sorry <laughs> bring me out of my sin oh, right my now <laughs> No, but when we were children, like every time we had the stomach flu, like we'd be uh, vomiting, mom and dad would come in and just pray with us. Yeah. And then magically, <laughs> the pain would go away for yeah, like two so hours. There's definitely some sort of placebo or mental effect. Yeah. Uh, spirituality. And I think for me, like I do want to connect with that um, spiritual aspect of religion again, whether it be through Christianity or some other religion. I think. Being a spiritual person and constantly wrestling with ideas of a higher power or something, a sense of something that's greater than you are, is is an important aspect of, of being human mm. right. um, and community. So now, uh, I know mom and dad are going to see this podcast. And oh it's I think this is honestly kind of important because I think it will open up conversations with mom and dad moving forward. And I'd like to have open conversations about mm religion with them even though all three of us aren't really believers anymore um sorry mom and dad uh, wait a second <laughs> what? i will say what did you say <laughs> not i <laughs> yeah you can speak for yourself <laughs> oh yeah rachel i mean I, I still think that um agnostic for sure i mm -hmm. think there's yeah i'd say yeah. more power. i'm not i'm not discounting the fact that there isn't an intelligent designer right. behind the whole universe mm -hmm. that we live in because right this it's There's crazy. no way. Yeah. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> like how the, the language. Like oh yeah, yeah but like yeah, yeah, yeah. grass. <laughs> wild. Yeah. No, because when I was first Life? <laughs> crazy <laughs> gonna be baptized, like the the biggest thing that I wrestled with was like, I had so much doubt, so much skepticism. Just I mm -hmm. think I relate to Jesse in mm -hmm. that where I've always been skeptical of are you sure kind of thing. Yeah. And so yeah. um uh, before I like made the decision to get baptized, you know, as like a 12 year old, um, I talked to dad and he was like, okay, well like look outside, like how is any of this possible? Like there's no way all of this happened by chance. The way that like we have, like even the concept of family, let alone life, let alone yeah. this earth, like what? I, I think it's 50-50. There is a ch probabilistic chance that this came out of nothing just the because the universe is pretty much infinite right. and like there's a chance that the right molecules came together but i think created conditions yeah. on earth that allowed life to form mm -hmm. my thought was always there needs to be a catalyst mm. so or something guiding the order of events right maybe, yeah even. right um but yeah this it's crazy to think about the fact that life exists mm -hmm. and it's even crazier to think that it happened all by random chance right yeah um so i'm not i i definitely think there's a very strong argument for there being uh, a higher power, some supernatural being out there, but 
it's not necessarily the the Christian God right. in my mind. Mm-hmm. But what I think is really interesting, because we have talked to mom and dad about this mm-hmm. in Canada. I remember having this conversation with them a couple no, years well, back. No, well, dad wasn't there. I Neither I dad a, nor I were there. Okay. I was yeah. talking to mom about this. <laughs> okay. So it's funny. Oh, maybe I brought this up to dad on a separate occasion, but they are so confident in their religion. Mm-hmm. I, I've openly talked to mom and dad about my doubts back in college because my skepticism really kicked in in high school and then it really developed in college. But I, I've spoken to mom and dad about this and they're so confident in the religion. They're like, yes, you should definitely wrestle with your faith. Mm-hmm. And they're confident that I will always come back to Christianity, mm-hmm. which is fair like in their mind. Christianity is the true religion. Yeah, and if they believe, yeah. if they do believe God exists, then they believe that God has good intentions to bring their family mm-hmm. back right. in, right? Mm-hmm. So they're yeah. always very, very open with us wrestling with this and questioning, yeah. questioning our stance. And I think yeah. they know now, like they, they, they have to know, like, at sort of where we stand. At least you yeah. and Andrew, I think they know less about where I stand in yeah. terms of Christianity. Yeah, college is a huge turning yeah. point or test of your faith kind of mm-hmm. and it certainly was for me so. yeah but i think i don't know if they've said this explicitly to me or if i've kind of made this up in my mind but i know when we were growing up their whole um, parenting model was not to put too much pressure on us because mm-hmm. the more right. that they pressure us the less we're going to want to do what they mm-hmm. want Very us to do them. right exactly and so i think they're taking the same approach to christianity where it's yep. like we're you not going to pressure them to yeah. do okay much but um, I, they trust in god and that you yeah. know the seed has already been planted yeah now i don't think religion works if you're forcing it upon a group of people mm-hmm. like if you're forcing them to believe it or pushing it onto them their belief is not genuine so mm-hmm. the only way for us to genuinely come back to religion is for us to do it on our own and i think mm-hmm. they understand that and they believe that that will happen to us eventually so now i kind of want to talk a little bit about what happened to each of us that or what what was the turning point where was the turning point for each of us and why do you think we kind of lost this connection to religion and christianity um i can start first because uh, i have it's i i kind of i've thought about this a lot and i know exactly kind of why this happened to me mm. so in college uh I was still pretty religious. Um, one of the first things I did coming to college was to join like a Christian fellowship, Hopkins Christian Fellowship. I still have a lot of friends from there. Um, I made a, re- a lot of really great connections there. Um, so freshman year, I found a really good group of friends within the Hopkins Christian Fellowship. And they were like a group of senior guys that were really intentional about mentoring me and some of my other friends within the fellowship. And that, um, those seniors that mentored me gave me a really good sense of community and accountability when I was in college because they're like, oh, like college is um, really fun, but it's really tough, full of temptations. We're here to guide and mentor you while you're going through college. And I was like, all right, these guys are super cool. Like, I feel like I'm part of this community. Mm -hmm. Um, They they made me feel like I belong somewhere, which is really good because when you go to college, you're kind of on your own for the first time in your life, right? Mm Um, And I found my community in the Christian fellowship. So they were seniors. So next year they left, right? Mm -hmm. And I was handed a lot of the responsibility of mentoring the next group of people. Let me Mm -hmm. check the time, just make sure. Okay. Um, When they left, 
I was given a lot more responsibility, so I took on a bunch of leadership roles that these mentors were preparing me for. Mm -hmm. um, and life got infinitely more busy. I didn't mm -hmm. have anyone else to mentor me. I was mm -hmm. doing the mentoring. And this is something that a lot of uh, people within the church talk about, is that it's not enough just to serve. You also mm -hmm. be, need to be fed yourself. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being fed spiritually or otherwise mm -hmm. and I was just giving a lot of myself without any of the mentorship or any of the mm -hmm. feeding that I needed to sustain myself within this community um, I talked to our um, fellow the head of our fellowship my sophomore year towards the end of the year and I was like I don't think I can take on all these responsibilities as a leader anymore I feel drained mm -hmm. I'm gonna take a break and then reevaluate. And at that point, I was also being pressured by my roommates to disavow Christianity <laughs> yeah. and go party with them. <laughs> and I was like, dang, these like two pressures. And I was stressed out of my mind, like trying to balance leadership um, duties as well as trying to fend my beliefs from my roommates mm -hmm. who were not only just like teasing me, but like actually like pressuring me to like to like disavow my my beliefs and um the confluence of all that uh kind of forced me to reevaluate what i truly valued about um the church and what i truly value about christianity and a lot of the doubts start to creep back in about like is god really actually a real thing mm -hmm. um and then so i i basically made a pact with god my sophomore year and i was like hey I'm going to test out this no religion life for a year. And if you want me back, you'll send me some sort of message that I should come back to you. Mm -hmm. And to this day, <laughs> still waiting. <laughs> I'm still waiting on some sort of call yeah. from God to bring me back. And I'm, I've honestly put the onus on God to bring me back if he's out there. And I'll be like, I'm just going to live my life how... I want to and I've been able to find community outside of church now and I've mm -hmm. been able to satisfy that aspect of myself mm -hmm. where I feel like I don't need to find that within the Christian community anymore mm -hmm. yeah Interesting. I don't know if you guys had similar experiences yeah. but that's kind of how I okay got to where I am today I guess interesting thought N mm -hmm. nothing on my experience but you know how in Christianity like one of the debates or I guess like ideas is predestination mm -hmm. like what if you're just not predestined to go to heaven <laughs> uh, <shit. laughs> so the call Damn. will never come i'm just kidding I'm, so god's like yeah here. we don't need this kid in heaven with <laughs> sorry us sorry about it <laughs> <laughs> just a silly google thought um yeah that's that's a possibility i've also thought about that like what if really? i'm just not one of the chosen oh. <laughs> But that's like a whole nother theological debate free about exists. what's yeah. actu what's the difference between free will and predestination. Mm -hmm. And like because God is uh, not bound by time, like he technically already knows where we're going to be, but he mm -hmm. doesn't control the fact that we're going to be there. It's kind of a, yeah. a lot of mind boggling thoughts when it comes yeah. to wrestling with the idea of religion, God and oh, sorry, I'm losing blood circulation. Oh. Omniscience, omnipotence, and yeah. omnipresence. Trinity. Yeah. Three in one. Yeah, the three persons in one concept is kind of nutty. Also, very confusing. I mean, people have been struggling with these ideas for ages, generations. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, Rachel, I'm interested to hear what your journey with with religion and spirituality is like. Getting back to things, Rachel, what is your relationship or journey like with religion and spirituality and how did you get to where you are today? Um, so I think it's actually pretty similar to yours. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not so much in college, maybe a little bit, I don't know. But yeah, so growing up, always had been a little bit skeptical. Like, I guess I just never found true fellowship in the church. Like, it mm. always felt very forced to me like I never I guess I never felt the comfort that people talk about when they're able mm. to open up about like spiritual things like I, I feel like it always felt kind of forced and not super genuine from my end whenever I would talk about <laughs> are those recorders I don't Sorry. know hopefully the mic doesn't pick it up um but yeah it always felt a little in not super genuine sure. um, kind of forced when I was talking about like spiritual struggles just because in the back of my mind I kind of knew that I n didn't truly truly believe mm -hmm. um, mm. maybe like as a small small child I did but I think as soon as I hit middle school it was kind of just like is this <laughs> is this real <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of thing for sure um, and then so in high school you know, I still did all the church things like led worship, taught Sunday yeah, school. Yeah, and I all think that. those are all very valuable experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think um, like teaching experience was great. Like I, I love teaching yeah. now, and I, I'm grateful for that experience. Mm -hmm. And um, like leading worship, like being able to play music with other people is great. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved the worship aspect of. Mm -hmm. um, church and religion. It's just mm -hmm. a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that was probably one of the only moments where I actually felt some kind of spiritual thing mm. happening. Um, but it might also just be music because <laughs> I think I've experienced similar things in like orchestra settings or like chamber music. Um, but yeah. Yeah, music is a very powerful tool for connecting you with a sense of spirituality, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And religion uses that to their advantage or leverages that aspect of music very yeah. much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I also think it's just a great way to express feelings. So yeah. maybe not so much leveraging as much so as like expression. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. But also when you're not playing music and enjoying music, you can still feel a sense of connection to some sort of spiritual spirituality, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think, I yeah. think... Like concerts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like mm. concerts. Sometimes if you go to a Christian, like if you go to worship, it feels sometimes like a con like, like a the concert, good worship yeah. teams oh. Oh, yeah, lead sure. like a concert. They don't really lead yeah. worship. It's no. It feels like a concert or a performance of mm. sorts. Mm. Um, and it's really interesting because I, I slowly <laughs> started replacing every aspect of religion and Christianity with other, with other uh, secular, secular things. Yeah. Mm. So... I used to be a part of the worship team um, and I really enjoy listening to worship music and, and performing worship music. Now I go to raves and EDM concerts. <laughs> <laughs> but in college, I did start going to like EDM concerts and going to other hip hop and R&B concerts yeah. and it gave me the same sort of experience as worship music. And I was like, oh, this yeah. feels the same. It makes me feel emotions. It makes me mm -hmm. really happy. It makes me feel something that I remember feeling during worship. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I feel like, that was no, kind no, of no, a you're good. tangent. I feel like I've, there's like a specific difference 
between worship music and like secular music for me but really there is not you know that if you take a christian song sometimes <laughs> if you replace is it a love song yeah or is yeah it a christian yeah song? this is what vincent would talk yeah. about sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes christian songs they don't even use the word god or jesus in it mm. they just mm. talk about how much they love this person Lauren how much Daigle? is that what her name is Who's Lauren Daigle? I don't know. There are a lot know, of there are like a lot one, of Christian yeah. composers and yeah. artists who write music so that it could be confused as a love song towards a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Like it's very hard to tell the difference. And that goes to show that you don't necessarily need to be yeah. listening to Christian music to feel that sort of emotion or connection to spirituality. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. But I think like when you're partaking in worship it's like with the intention that you're singing to a god and like mm-hmm. with right. the with the heart of thankfulness or whatever and like reverence, yeah. yeah that kind of thing um anyways back to yeah your story um yeah so i think like mid high school is when it started falling off for me mm. um it's like i just the commitment was just not there a hundred percent i remember like sometimes when I had to lead worship, I was also this was also the start of me over committing myself. So on Fridays, I would just get home. I'd be so tired. I'd take like a four hour nap as soon as I got home. Sometimes I would just miss church entirely. Mm. Um, and then also Science and Olympia, like whenever we had overnight competitions, like we'd always leave on Fridays after school. So then I wouldn't be able to go to church then either. Mm. Um, so I just like started slowly started going to church less and like slowly my desire to go to church also decreased because Mm -hmm. um a lot of my friends were two years older than me and so like once they graduated i was just like "Mm." like there's not really anyone there i had like two friends in the grade above mine and then i wasn't super close with anyone in my grade so the whole fellowship aspect just like completely fell off for Mm me um yeah and then so then after high school and all of my friends at school like my closest friends in school none of them are christian mm. um and so that was another that big makes thing a big difference. yeah who and you I surround think, yourself with makes a huge difference. yeah and i think like the the message that had always been told to me or like the idea was always that christian people are so kind and caring mm. and like they try to model like reflect god's love mm-hmm. and like reflect all these good morals and stuff but like I loved my school friends like I thought they were the best kind of people like even though they weren't religious they were like the most generous the kindest people the most caring people that I knew Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. I was just like you can be a good person (laughs) without being a Christian and on the flip side you can be a self-proclaimed Christian and be a bad person exactly exactly and like I've met Mm -hmm. people like that too so um I was just like, well, that means that I don't necessarily have to be a Christian to be a good person mm. either. Mm. Um, and so also like the whole idea of like, even though they're good people, like why would they go to hell if like their overall mm. impact on the world is good? Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of the thing that made me really confused with like Christianity and like its validity. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think, especially during COVID with um, uh, like, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. and like our family is very socially conservative or like mom and dad are, right? And so I started wrestling with a lot of those during that time because I think throughout Mm -hmm. the first half of high school, I had been like, okay, I'm leaning more towards the socially conservative side. But then a lot of my friends were extremely left-leaning in terms of social, right? right? Um, Like a lot of my friends were activists. And so Mm -hmm. I'd kind of like take a back seat 
let them talk all about it and mm -hmm. I just stay silent mm -hmm. and eventually like their ideas like what they were saying what they were fighting for that in terms of sense. human rights <laughs> just makes sense. I was just like just you're sense. so right like people need to have rights like at the end of the day it's rights yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um and so I think that was probably one of the biggest factors in like pushing me away from church too mm. um yeah it's just because the church yeah. as a whole holds some really confusing positions mm -hmm. socially and mm -hmm. especially people within our church i'm just like oh, very yeah. confused if you care about human beings like you profess you do if you mm -hmm. profess god's love like you say you do mm -hmm. how can you like see people struggle and see people being persecuted for being mm -hmm. who they are and still reject them yeah and still yeah. reject yeah and outcast them yeah and it's always like love the person hate the sin yeah but like yeah. identity is not a sin mm. um I don't know. So that that that's I, yeah. Fired I can up. see yeah. both sides just because I I know mom and dad are good people and right. they I don't think they ever truly hate anyone. Mm -hmm. Um if every Christian were like mom and dad, I'd definitely be more inclined to cuz they they actually live what they preach. Right. But seeing people that don't actually love intentionally and go out there and be a kind person like they Mm -hmm. are taught to do mm -hmm. um, that makes me not really doubt but it does kind of push me away from from wanting to be a part right. of that community right yeah 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 um, so so your kind of journey away from religion was more from like a social activist kind of standpoint I you think, think that, that played the biggest role or the catalyst in me mm. distancing mm. myself like just or maybe less so distancing, but coming to the realization that maybe I had never been where I wanted myself to be, mm -hmm. like because of mom and dad, because of like going to church. Mm -hmm. Like I had always wanted myself to be like true believer, like steadfast, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, like everything that mm -hmm. they preach that you should be. Um, I came to the realization that I'm just not there mm -hmm. and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, so when I got to college, is when things kind of flipped. <laughs> and so then it was like, I had like a rough one and a half years, like first one and a half years yeah, of college. Yeah, because you started college during COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah, didn't have friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is where like church being a community played a mm -hmm. huge part mm -hmm. because that was like the only thing that I could, like that felt familiar to mm -hmm. me because mm -hmm. a lot of the people in the um, campus groups, like Christian groups were also people that I knew known from Mason mm -hmm. um, and so when I joined that it just felt like same old same old which yeah. also wasn't a great thing because I hadn't super enjoyed that in Mason yeah. anyways yeah. Um, it was familiar it was like oh people you yeah. knew there's you could it's like a basically yeah. when you when you go to a new city or a new place you can always find friends at church yeah, yeah exactly they are very welcoming they're yeah. very welcoming and that initial sense of community is great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the test is like true friendships are actually still kind of hard to find even within a church yeah I would say. Yeah. yeah um but yeah so found community there um yeah. like the friends that i had made were also all seniors mm. um, or the ones mm. that I like talked to mm. the most and the ones that were mentoring me and mm -hmm. like making sure that I was doing well in college mm -hmm. so after they graduated I was like ah ha 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 <laughs> um, but I didn't like I wasn't 
mentored to be in leadership roles, mm. which was great for me. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You yeah. didn't need something else yeah. to like yeah. occupy your you time. Internally combusted. Yeah. If that yeah. happened. Oh, no, I think, I think so your true. relationship <laughs> with religion would have been way more unhealthy if you added the Adam on top the stress yeah. of being yeah. a leader. Yeah. yeah. So I'd always kept like a bit of distance. Even though, like, I went there for community, mm -hmm. I think that was the only thing I was seeking at that point mm -hmm. was community. And, like, I was doing all the religion stuff, too, like, reading the Bible, praying, doing the Bible devotions, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but I, I, was, I was kind of in the mindset of I'll do these things, um, but it's not, I, I don't, it's not going to have a huge effect on where I stand in my belief mm. like I'll do it in the hopes that maybe I will get there but yeah, I know feel that. some sort of conviction at some yeah. point yeah yeah but it just i never came never came and yeah. maybe that was because I didn't think it would mm. um and I so I already had that mindset but mm. yeah I think you need to be in a receptive state in order for you to feel that conviction mm. just like mom and dad they were in a very vulnerable right. state when they first came to the U.S. that's why it had such a profound effect on them Right. was because they needed something to cling on to. Like we talked about before, that Maslow's hierarchy of, yeah, right, right. of needs. Social belonging is a very strong tier of that hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And when you go to a, a foreign country, it's really hard to find that. And, and the Chinese church provide that for them. So now, um, and I talked to Mark about this. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark is a missionary who's our friend um, who stays with us um, in Ohio a lot is like, how do you keep second generation Asian Americans um, connected to the church? Mm. Because a lot of our parents, they came and they, they didn't have the aspect of community and the ability to connect with their peers around them. Mm -hmm. But for the children of immigrant uh, parents, they learn English as a native tongue. They're socialized in America, mm -hmm. so they know how to belong within the, the community within within america mm -hmm. not necessarily the church so once you have that sense of community and belonging outside of the church how can you how can you get those second generation immigrant children to feel like they need to come back to church or feel the need mm -hmm. for religion or maybe we don't even look at it that way how do we get people even to come to church not necessarily out of need but out of a desire that's deeper than like a need for community mm. um, and that's something that church actively thinks about mm -hmm. um, because once people have a sense of community elsewhere mm -hmm. the motivation to go to church then needs to be something else right and what is that something else and that's kind of what I'm struggling with like what is right. gonna eventually bring me back to religion right. or Christianity if not the sense of community. Mm. That's funny how your mind went, what is that deeper need? My mind went more service level is, at the end of the day, church needs to be more entertaining. <laughs> I only say that because of young life that exists mm. here oh. in Ohio, right? I but think is a lot that of, real Whether religion? it's real or not, it brings people in, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, you can uh, debate. Religion, yeah. Right, yeah. You, you can debate how how real it is and how deep their faith goes yeah but at the end of the day they do a much better job of bringing people in mm -hmm. mm. and i don't think our church brings really any newcomers yeah, because less. a lot of the church Absolutely. is still being led by our immigrant right. parents yeah. and they don't have the vision for how to like maintain a, 
a community that's that's open and welcoming to our generation. Right, right, because right. it's also culturally very, very Eastern and conservative. Yeah, right. Whereas, yeah. like, we've been raised in the West. We've been very much Westernized, yeah. and um, our taste for community is very different from their taste in community mm-hmm. and how they built and structured their community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on was mm-hmm. also my motivation for being involved in religion as a kid was a lot of my motivation for being religious was the fear of hell i don't know if Mm. that was the case for you but i was superstitious as a kid Mm -hmm. and i just the driving motivation for me to be a good christian boy was to avoid (laughs) going to hell and and that's another thing about religion um is that religion often leverages fear in order Mm -hmm. for Fear God, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Leverages fear to to gain or attract yeah. followers. Yeah. I would also add that, like, as a child with a wanna too, like memorizing Bible verses and getting a wanna dollars, like it was also a competition. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. who can memorize Religion the most has verses. incentivized. Yeah. It's it's kind of yeah. That's this is a part of religion I don't really like is how. Um, religion takes advantage of people's vulnerabilities and fears in order to mm-hmm. recruit more people like we live in ohio one of the most conservative religious states and um if you're driving on i-71 county. ever oh, yeah you'll see a it's sign that sells hell is real and that's mm-hmm. one of the blatant tactics that christians often use mm-hmm. to scare people or fear monger people into <laughs> into religion um, and I remember as a kid, we would get these like little evangelism books, like, oh, like this is how you can evangelize to strangers or evangelize to, to, um, to your friends. And like one of the first steps is like, like ask your friend or ask a stranger, like where will they go if they die today? Like, basically inducing fear of an existential afterlife crisis is how people are trying to bring people into this religion and i feel like that fear tactic doesn't breed genuine mm-hmm. um commitment right. or genuine right. uh religious beliefs mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. pretty interesting yeah i remember yeah. those booklets this yeah. guy just burning in yeah oh, yeah in do you want to oh, be man. this guy in hell <laughs> no <laughs> you sure as hell don't yeah um but yeah Andrew, do you want to talk a little bit about your journey with religion yeah. and how you got to where you are today? I can speed run through now. Uh, I think my path was very different, or my relationship with the Chinese church was very different from you and Rachel because you guys didn't find like a very large friend group community within the church, but mm-hmm. I did. Some of my closest friends who I'm hanging out with tomorrow are nice. still from that we've traveled like across the country slash across the globe together yeah so essentially my class for some reason there were like 10 15 of us mm-hmm. uh, within that grade that all became super close starting mm-hmm. in pretty much first second third grade so sure. early grade school like the 10 15 of us got really really close and so i had a very very deep connection with all my church friends from grade school all the way to senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go to church to see my friends. And church for me was pretty much the only place that I could see a large group of 
Asian Americans. So similar mm-hmm. to Mom and Dad, where I wanted to see like a Chinese community or mm-hmm. a Chinese friend group. Growing up in Ohio, back when we grew up there, yeah, or here, I didn't have that. Especially in early grade school, it changed in high school, but early elementary school, if I wanted to see Asian kids, I had to go to church, mm-hmm. and yep. I love mm-hmm. going to church to see all my friends. Yep. And so that yeah. community became good place to hang out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the place to hang out, and my closest group of friends for pretty much my entire childhood. Yeah, and so. The turning point for me didn't happen until college, but the skepticism kicked in seeing around like mid to late high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I started really doubting things. I, I just, because I read the Bible, the entire Bible, and I did one of those Bible in a Year yeah, programs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I read through the entire Bible. And, I, and as I was just turning through these things, I'm just like, why do I feel like Christianity is just dodging bullets as we find more evidence? Uh, mm. As like science continues to progress, yeah. mm. and it's so just, like readapting and reinterpreting exactly. the Bible it's to like, fit these new exactly, exactly. Mm. It's like oh, the Bible didn't mean this literally. This was yeah. just metaphorically. Yeah. It's just like oh, okay. But yeah. growing up, we were taught that this was a literal interpretation. Yeah. So I just felt like the Bible was readapting itself yeah. as we yeah. When carbon more. dating came out, people were like. Oh, yeah. there's no <laughs> way the earth is this old. There's uh, no way yeah. that fossil is that old. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and then people are like, oh, the seven days of creation were actually like seven million days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, yeah. Genesis it's just was supposed order. to be a story, not a scientific textbook, which yeah. honestly it's, is, I, I it's a good, I yeah, right. Yeah. I, I do think that is true. Yeah. yeah. Also, no one like lived through Genesis. Exactly. It was all someone like... So these Way are stories that yeah, yeah. are, are retold through the yeah. fireplace and, and whatnot. Sorry, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, where was I? So this was senior year of high school. I think where I differ from you guys is mm. when I went to Georgetown, I never found a church community ever. Yeah, mom and dad were not very happy with yeah. that. No, they were, they were very concerned. They yeah. called me every single week. They still call me every week and, and see if I found a church community. <laughs> and I always tell them... Which is really funny because Georgetown is a Jesuit institution. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is now very turned different. to sin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a lot of Catholic friends. I didn't have a lot yeah. of non denominational Protestant, Protestant friends, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we grew up in. Yeah. And so, similarly, the first couple of weeks at Georgetown, mm-hmm. uh, I did try to find a church. I, I went to church for probably the first couple of months, mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. hopping around but I really didn't like any of the communities that mm-hmm. I joined. Mm-hmm. And I was a lot closer with all my other friends Secular, outside the church. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> friends living in <laughs> constant sin. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I think the... <laughs> that's how some Christians are, dude. They're yeah, so they're judgmental. Really, oh, my God. Some of them, yep. Um, no. Sorry. Well, Go ahead. <laughs> the, the biggest change was, it's really funny, again... Georgetown students are mandated to take a class called Problem of God, and there's another theology mm-hmm. class that you could take. But I decided to take Problem of God, mm-hmm. and I love that professor. But essentially, we did a literary study of like all the reasons. Uh, yeah, like just a study between why intelligent design does exist and why it doesn't. So mm. every week we'd read That's from a great either class. Wow. exactly yeah. a new scholar for an argument for a god or without a god yeah uh and essentially that is what probably led to my you're more convinced by the arguments for <laughs> like, there not being an intelligent design no no 
it was sometimes a Judeo Christian God. Yeah. Right? So, Judeo Christian God. Yes. And so, that is where my agnosticism became agnostic, essentially, because I was very convinced by the arguments for an intelligent design. But I was very. Unconvinced that it was it had the Christian, the Christian. Right. exactly. Right. I was very unconvinced that it was necessarily the Christian God, um, but I didn't like the nihilism or the like straight atheism belief mm. that nothing matters or mm. there's no intelligent design. It wasn't super convincing to me mm-hmm. personally. And essentially, after taking that class and after freshman year, I didn't seek out a church community really mm. after that. Mm. And you just kind of let it naturally, it naturally kind of fall off, dissolve. Yeah. But yeah. I will say, every time I do go out to nature, yeah. Again, it's like oh, there, there definitely is an intelligent design. Right. But I is it? Yeah. Is it the Christian? And I think that God, also, yeah. my friend group in Georgetown mm-hmm. was very much a part of the. L- a lot of them were part of the LGBTQ community. Yeah, and a lot of them have this disavowed Christianity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or have been treated very poorly by the church. The church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that rightfully led to so they, yeah. not a, disavowed them. A, a disdain for, for some of mm. the social beliefs that mm-hmm. our church mm-hmm. stands upon. So yeah. Yeah. all those things kind of acclimated together to be where I am to this current day. Mm-hmm. Where church and the biggest debate I have in my mind right now is whether or not to raise my kids up mm. in a church. Because mm. for me, I you think... You see the benefits I of it. So, mm-hmm. I had so yeah. many benefits. The right. friend group that I have, the moral compass that mm-hmm. I have, I think I do attribute a lot of my like personality mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the morals that I learned yeah. and picked up through the church right. yeah. which I think were really great Yeah, and so I, but I think there is a healthier way of raising kids in the church because mm-hmm. I think with religion I've suffered not suffered I don't want to make it a big deal but I definitely had some sort of religious trauma after mm. coming out from there's Christian guilt uh, there's oh, yeah. a lot there's of Christian there's so much religious guilt yeah, yeah. especially yeah. when you're starting to when you leave the bubble of Christianity, when you when we're leaving the bubble of Ohio mm. and going to the coast and like mm-hmm. meeting people there and like being able to reconcile people who are good with good intentions but have what's considered sinful behaviors, like reconciling those two things are mm-hmm. very difficult. And I definitely struggle with this cognitive dissonance a lot during mm-hmm. college mm-hmm. when I still held my beliefs. I still was very involved in the Christian fellowship but people were drinking people were Mm -hmm. doing drugs Mm -hmm. and i also drank with my friends occasionally and actually a lot freshman year and uh simple behavior and and and, you were after you turned 21 yeah yeah. and like like, people called me out on that like i had people be like hey aren't you like in the christian fellowship why are you like going out and partying with your friends like Mm. and drinking and I struggled so hard with that. And mm-hmm. that <laughs> that was like, that created a lot of stress because mm. I was also a leader in the fellowship at one point. And mm. I, I gave up drinking that entire year. Wow. And I... Pray for your liver. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like, I was actually pretty miserable that year because mm. I didn't have the social outlet of, of coping with the stress of school anymore so Mm. that was actually one of the most stressful years of my life so yeah i don't know if you guys have struggled with that cognitive dissonance of feeling the sense of shame when partaking in sinful behavior 
while understanding that in the activity is not intrinsically bad mm-hmm. if you're not hurting someone else, you know? Yeah. And it's also like the drinking age in the U.S. is different from the drinking age in other places. It's so, like, so it's arbitrary. arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking... No, no, no. You Jesus couldn't even drink... wine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Jesus supported <laughs> alcoholism. Maybe not alcoholism, but... Definitely. The of <laughs> I mean, yeah, drinking is definitely a cultural thing, but not just drinking, that. but there's a bunch of other things that I don't want to get into. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if we Whoa, want to talk Jesse. about that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I think a lot of my shame, like I, I have faced the cognitive dissonance, but I also have realized a lot of it also comes from me wanting mom and dad's approval. So I know like mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. things or like the people that I surround myself with too. And like, especially... I think the most religious guilt that I feel is the fact that I'm not, I don't really consider myself to be a Christian anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know that stresses mom out a lot because I remember one time I came home and mom was like, oh, just talk to Jesus about it. And I was like, mom, I'm going to be real with you. Me and Jesus are not tight right now. (laughs) (laughs) And the way we no longer homies. We not homies. The way that, like, I saw mom's heartbreak in that moment, she went, uh really oh, <laughs> I, went, oh, I should not have said that. i should not <laughs> Maybe, back, back. <laughs> how do we hide this entire podcast from all that yeah um, yeah so oh. i don't know i think for them mm. it's like they found so much comfort in jesus and like the whole idea of eternal life and like being with your family once you you know yeah. pass away on this earth mom and dad ready to hear uh, this episode <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think a lot of my guilt come from comes from there and i know mm. like especially with them like when both of you have had significant others that have been non-christian like mm. they they yeah. try to convert them so hard yeah um that was also so pretty painful you. that was pretty bad yeah for me at least i don't know about you no not at all for me really <laughs> oh no they didn't try at all really yeah that was well, that was, that was yeah, that was Maybe. very aggressive in his tactics, yeah. trying to convince or trying to convert uh, my ex. To yeah. Once once things started getting serious with you guys, I feel like that's when... Or yeah. was it right from the start? Uh, it was when... She, well, do you remember? Uh, she was invited to a lot of our family devotions. And I really... This is oh, one thing yeah. I really actually appreciate yeah, about this, yeah. my ex, was that she wow, actually... She, was a she really wanted to... Um, at one point, she saw a future together with me, and then she participated in wow, all of our family devotions I, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness i yeah. forgot about this I, oh my goodness. she was honestly i really am thankful that she put in that effort wow. mm-hmm. um but she did come visit during covid and she was always put off because she always knew that she wasn't going to become christian and that dissonance of like oh like how can i ever be enough for jesse's parents if i don't become christian and mm. like i i think that's like what i've kind of not the so was it unfair of me to put her in that situation because what like i don't think i'm going to be in a relationship with someone who's yeah at one point maybe not at the time you know hindsight 2020 yeah i think now if you do start dating somebody serious Mm -hmm. who is a non-christian you really have to like make mom and dad like I've even talked about with my ex know. about like pretending she's like a Christian, just to like hey, hey, cut this out, <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad. Where where wait, like wait a minute. 
where like mom and dad would be able to fully accept them but then it'd be based mm. on a lie and then yeah, like how, yeah, is that true acceptance either. yeah um and uh, the thing is i'm, I'm not even christian <laughs> so like <laughs> what is the, like they were more they were more um inclined to convert her than they were to me mm. and they knew that i wasn't christian maybe they knew that because i was their son that you'd come back yeah, trust there. but yeah. the other thing is in the bible i think marrying someone who's not christian that's will awesome. carry you even further away yeah. from christianity because mm. i think that's what they did right. want wasn't that the message when you brought your ex to church that one time Probably. i remember yeah. that was oh, so God. funny uh, <laughs> and dad was giving the message yeah. oh god <laughs> it was a subtle jab the uh, subtle yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a subtle jab oh, oh that, dude so that is funny. actually super passive aggressive about these things yeah. yes. and it's really annoying and <laughs> detrimental to our relationships um so fix that dad. Like we, can only, we can only date good christian it's tough because that really is I always say mom and dad are actually I love them in the sense where whoever our significant other is one of the top priorities is if they make us happy then they will love Mm. them Mm. yeah but the top priority that rivals that priority (laughs) is if they are Christian yeah 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 Yeah. It is on very equal playing fields. Yeah, those and two. for us, it's like at this point, it's almost one or the other. Yeah, like pretty much. We can't satisfy both conditions at this point. Or I, at least for me right now, I don't. Maybe unless there's someone that has basically the same relationship with religion exactly. as I do. Yes. Mm. Or like they've actually been raised in a church and they know what it's like mm. to be a Christian and they know that. Um, like how to behave within those settings almost Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's almost like the church is like you it's it's like its own society and culture where you have to know how to operate in a certain way um and i think we can get away with that um but i don't know i don't want that to be like a criteria of me being able to date someone you know because i the only thing that prevents me from dating somebody who's a devout christian is (laughs) I know how my mind worked as a devout Christian mm-hmm. thinking about dating. Mm-hmm. And in my mind back then, I wouldn't date somebody like me if I had mm-hmm. the faith I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's so, you it's, being able to exactly, find someone and the other person them, accepting yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. those kind of people wouldn't want to date us <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, like, so. so like, how are we going to bridge this gap? And maybe we just have to but I think settle that, with mom and dad not being happy with They'll be happy in the sense that we found someone who we are happy love. with. Yes. And who we love. But I don't... There will always right. be this, like... This dissatisfaction right. with mm-hmm. our partner. Which is such an unfair burden to put on our partner. No facts. Mm-hmm. And I don't know... Like, at this point, like... I feel a little guilty, like, bringing someone into mm. that sort of dynamic. Well, we had to figure this one out, huh? Yeah. And I don't... I honestly Added don't to know... to do this. <laughs> Post-it note this. Yeah. Generally speaking, mom and dad are very easy to please, but when it comes mm-hmm. to relationships, it has always been very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Like, even starting in high school, like... Oh, yeah. Mom and dad were oh, never yeah. pleased with any of the relationships I were in. Mm. That's why I just yeah. didn't get into any. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You and me both, uh, homie. Yep. <laughs> Good on you. For real. Yeah. Yeah, eventually, both of you will have to. Mm. We have. 
Well, I have. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, uh, Rachel will be, have to. And I could be alone forever. Really? I'm satisfied Honestly, by myself. Maybe that's what we just gotta do. No, I can't. <laughs> Ride in solo for the we'll rest just, of my life. We'll just have I our own village. Yeah. We'll adopt all these children. Oh, true. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyways, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna solve that during this podcast. But I, I did really want to talk about this. Well, mm-hmm. We can talk about more in yeah, future podcasts. So. But um, I think I'm gonna cap it off here. Um. So I don't have to edit as much footage. <laughs> Let me see if there's any points that I missed. Why we outgrew religion. Could you see yourself going back? Coping mechanism. Do you think you could see yourself going back? I kind of answered that. Religion. Yeah. Yes, no. I think yeah. the only thing that would bring me back at this point is raising my kids in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's free daycare. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, I think, yeah, I think there are a lot of churches nowadays, too, that have adopted more... Mm, Yeah, exactly. um, ...socially... Yes, beliefs. I would, I would, yeah. 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 I have a lot of friends who are from the fellowship that left the fellowship because they were either anti-LGBTQ or Mm. held some sort of belief that, like, just truly conflicted with Mm. what they value. Mm -hmm. Um... I think those people have now formed their own group of people mm-hmm. or yeah. their own churches and their own communities. And I think, yeah, as, I mean, as culture grows and evolves, mm-hmm. religion has to evolve with it. Yeah. Um, in order to adapt to the, the culture and society. I don't like that one. Uh, probably yeah. not. But, but again, it it's has like already evolved. Yeah, yeah like, it's like been so the much, bel- especially with science yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like it has to. Yeah, that was my qualm with, with religion. Yeah. yeah, it's also like, is it truly religion if it's evolving and adapting? I think mm-hmm. yes, is, I think yes. it is because like when it's, Jesus was alive on this earth, religion or Judaism and uh, Christianity oh. was very different mm-hmm. and even in the Old Testament yeah. like, obviously everything like, has adapted to yeah. the, mm. the, the culture aside from religion too it's like the constitution like humans weren't considered like yeah. humans excluded people of yeah. color women yeah. it was yeah. only exactly. white males it does have to adapt. Um, I mean this, I stand with so, you guys on this one yeah I hope it, it does adapt because mm-hmm. I think a lot of conservative Christians still hold the belief that certain groups of people are people are higher than others Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Mm -hmm. they have to adapt because like clearly every human has deserves and has the same rights right right um anyways thank you guys all for joining this episode of the rooftop pod i hope you guys enjoyed this content and maybe some of you guys relate to um some of the experiences that we have if you do tell us about your experiences we'd love to hear about them um and with that i'm signing off i'm your host jesse and Signing off with me is my sister, Rachel, and my brother, Andrew. And uh, tune in next time to the next episode of the Rooftop Pod. Peace. Peace.